0: Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Well, I believe that God has brought us all together for such a time as this, and I am so excited about it. And I believe that we are walking into our next. I don't think it's by chance. I believe that this, we're marking a spot. We're putting an X on, on where we're at. And we, And I believe that there are even those that are going to run to your day one. Because, you know, the title itself is catchy. I know that. But I believe that God spoke to us. We pray about, we don't just come up with titles. Now, I know that they're out there, and I know different people. We're not, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. But we really pray and ask God to show us what the title of our conference should be. Because it's more than just a cute little saying. It means something. And I believe that God is saying to us that I want People to quit looking back and I want them to mark their spot because what I have ahead of them, they will miss if they keep looking at what was. And so it's really important that our heart, our very being, that we have an expectancy of what God is going to do and that we take and are aware of the newness that he wants, the refreshing that he wants to bring into us. And I believe that over the next 40 hours, because of choices that you have made and are going to make, you're going to walk into a freshness of life. And that old thing that has been holding you down and has been causing a cloud has been causing something that just wants to make you feel like God isn't going to hear you or see you or do what you are believing him for. I believe that it is going to be those chains are going to fall off of your life. I believe that God is going to do something in you and I believe that he's going to do something through you. Amen. Are you ready for that? I believe that breakthrough that you've been looking for is on its way. It could be just a song that is sung. It could be all of a sudden you're you're maybe playing a game. It may be when you're looking and digging in your purse and you really are funny when you guys are looking. I love that. I love the chatter. Uh Tiffany and them's up here talking. You don't hear a word because you're in there, you're looking through and you're trying to see if you might have a gold stone in the bottom of your bag. That's just how we are, but God can speak to you in those moments and I believe that that is going to happen. I cannot bring a breakthrough for you. If I could, I would give you a breakthrough. I cannot but I know that the Spirit of the Lord is in this house and therefore it is the Spirit of God that will break the bondages and the chains off of our life and take us into the next phase of our life. I believe that when Jesus steps, Into something, it's going to change. And I'm going to, and by saying that, here's what happened when Jesus stopped by a place. Can you say, here's what happened? Now, I think there's a story and I don't remember what it was. It seems to me like it was some kind of crime story that they used to, you know, then somebody would come along and, and they would kind of build it up. And then all of a sudden he would say, here's What happened? So I'm gonna tell you what really happened on this particular day. Now, this is a passage of scripture that I've preached on many times. Many others have. Probably anybody that's ever spoke, you have spoke on this particular subject and this particular verse. But it's for now. And so I believe that God is going to do something because Jesus, when he steps into a situation, the situation does change. Amen. I believe it's an opportunity opportunity for day one. Or you could take it one day. I will. It's up to us. And so whatever we do, but Jesus was on his way to a feast of the Jews in Jerusalem. John chapter five. Let's start there verse two, three, five, and nine is what we're going to be using. If you want to get, I know no one brought their Bibles except you, but you do have your handheld. And so that's why this is a modern church, isn't it? Anybody got a Bible? I usually bring mine and put it under here so I can see this better. And I forgot, but I still, still like my Bible. I still like to go in and mark it up, but, but As long as you got something to read, the Word of God, I'm glad that you do. But you might want to follow. If you don't, then we have it back here on the screen. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which was five roofed colonnades, which means the house of mercy. Those colonnades represented something. And we skip over. You know, it's interesting how we skip over the Word of God. But there's something about, there's, there's nothing in the Word of God that doesn't have significance. And it represents a place of mercy. And there laid a multitude of influence, invalids. They're laid blind. They're laid dame, uh, lame and paralyzed. They're laid gossipers. They're laid judgmental ones they laid the depressed. Does your Bible not say that? Okay, this is my version. Because you know what? You can be bound by something that isn't uh, that, a label or something that isn't necessarily in this scripture. But you're just as bound, laying by the pool, as this man was in his spirit of infirmity. Hung up on something that somebody did to you or that you did to yourself? Laying there. But one man was there and had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had been there a really long time. I believe that Jesus has always moved with compassion. With our infirmities, whatever they are. Many could be the list and only you know the infirmities that you've dealt with in your life. Only the situations, only the things, your struggles, the things that you've gone through. But I believe that Jesus was really moved and always moved by impossible situations because here was an impossible situation. We've heard testimonies tonight and they're impossible situations. You know, my little granddaughter, she's watching tonight, Amy, as, with the doctors it's an impossible situation there's nothing that can be done for her everything they've tried it doesn't work but i tell you it's exciting because our god is more than a miracle worker and he loves to come in and in impossible situations and here was one on Day one, here he showed up because the man had already had one day, one day. I'm going to get in the pool one day when the water moves. Surely somebody's going to put me down in that pool and I'm going to be healed. And so many times we said one day. Yes, I know God wants to use me one day. He will use me one day. I will get out of this situation. And here was this man and Jesus comes by. It had been a long time. How many of you have been in situations that seems like a really long time? Yeah, is it ever going to end? Is it ever going to end? Is it ever going to get where I'm going to be healthy again? Is it ever going to be when family situations are going to be right? Is it ever going to be where the relationship with our children are right? Is it ever going to be where things are going to be better? How can things get so out of place? How can things get so miserable? But here was... When something happened, and Jesus, we know the story. And Jesus looks at the man, and and he speaks to him. He understood, and he looks at him. On the surface, one would think it's obvious this man can't do anything, right? He can't, you know. I mean, he he's lame. He's laying there, and he needs to get up. He needs to be healed. And then Jesus. Out of his mouth says to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? And, and I, I mean, the first thing was a dull Jesus. No, I just want to lay here. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes a person would rather lay there as get up. Been there, done that. But this was that place, and Jesus asked him that. Do you want to get well? And then when that question was asked, In that moment, it was asked. That's when day one started. Because the man had to make a response. I love it when God makes me make a response. I asked Carissa earlier tonight in the office. I said, Carissa, does God always ask you questions? Does he ask you hard questions? And she kind of looked at me and I said, he does me. And she looked back and she said, yeah. And he always asked me hard questions because If I ever get mealy-mouthed and down, he always asks me, Darlene, haven't I been faithful to you? Haven't I been good to you? Have I ever failed you? What are you worried about? What are you so down about? And basically, Jesus was coming along and he was asking this man, You've been here for a long time, I understand. But isn't it interesting how the excuses start coming? We start making our excuses why we are not made whole. Why we still do the things that we hated five years ago or ten years ago. And we're still doing them and yet we want everybody else to get fixed so it will help us feel better. But it doesn't work that way. Jesus asked him this question. And he was asking that because he wanted him to want something better than the way life is. And then we'd think, okay, okay, back that up. Screech, you know, come back a little bit now. Obviously, he wants to be healed. But he started making all the excuses about, I don't have anybody to get me into the pool because the angel of the Lord, remember the scripture that's left out of a lot of the uh, different translations, it happens to say that at a certain time, uh, unexpected. You know, they didn't know exactly when, so that's why they kept showing up. You know, that's the way it is. I want to tell you something. We don't know exactly when the manifestation is going to show up, but I am confident that it will show up because he always has and he always will. And when we get to that place, we're coming to the pool because Jesus is coming by, not because I have to have somebody else to help me get into it. I'm here because I know that he is coming my way. That was the response that Jesus was wanting out of the man. He wanted him to get whole. He wanted the man to say, yes, I want to be whole. I'm having a little bit of problem getting into the pool, but I know I'm going to get there. I'm having a little problem and others are getting in front of me, but I know that I'm going to get my, I'm going to get right down and I'm going to get in the pool. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm telling you, when we believe that God is going to do something, he is going to do something. Now that was an angel of the Lord that came, but had something from heaven, something from God. It was much bigger than the situation of all the mess that was lying around the pool. Because all the people were showing up for the angel of the Lord to appear occasionally. Right? So they had their hope in something, right? They were looking. They were waiting. And yet there was all these other people that were in the way. And I understand that it had to be hard. And there probably wasn't anybody else that cared too much About the fact that the man that was lame couldn't get into the the pool because they wanted to get in there first. But God wanted to make sure, Jesus wanted to make sure in this particular, he wanted to believe, he wanted to know, can you change your attitude enough to believe that you're going to be made whole? Can you change your attitude enough to know that healing belongs to you. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get out of the situation? Do you know that we can get comfortable being sick? We can be get comfortable in being in a bad marriage. We can get comfortable being in bad relationships. We can be comfortable gossiping about everybody else because it's their fault. I didn't do anything. I'm treated. We become victims when God says we are more than conquer- conquerors. We are victorious, and therefore, if the pool is stirring and I. I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord is in the house and the pool is stirring. Therefore, do you want to be well? If you want to be well, then Jesus said, get up on your feet and uh, take up your bed and walk, move, do something. And he was telling him and see, when the man began to make excuses, he made excuses about, how no one else can make him better. But I believe at that moment, could it be that Jesus wanted him to see his own brokenness? Sometimes I believe that we need to see our own brokenness. We need to see that the healer wants to heal us from the inside out. He wants to heal us so much that our spirit, soul, and body is in agreement. But first of all, according to the Word of God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And so we know that in the beginning, the Word, Jesus, was there. We know that Jesus came and He walked on the earth, and here He is. He's walking by the pool. This is Jesus, the one that the healer was walking by. And now we have the word of God living in us. At that time, this man only knew about that the presence, an angel was going to come and stir up the waters. He had the hope in that. And all of, one, all of a sudden, here shows the one that was the stirrer. He was the water. He was the well. He was the pool. And he was saying to the men, to the man, do you really want to be healed? If you do, then just get up and walk. Roll up your bed of affliction and walk. Now, whatever that affliction is. Now, I know if you're physically in your body and you're having a rough time, I know that you can't right now. You can't get up and walk. But I tell you what, when the Spirit of the Lord begins to minister to you, it doesn't matter what the chains are on your life, on your body, on your mind. God wants to deliver us from those. And so many times we sit by the pool of infirmity and we think it's always physical. But some of the most hardest chains that were off of my mind was my off of me was my mindset. And so many times it can be it can be depression. I fought with depression, I was in such bondage with depression. I know that's hard for you to believe but I was I was so depressed. I didn't know how to get out of depression. Until one day, the master walked by my way. And I realized who was walking by my way. Jesus wanted the man to know that the healer, the pool stirrer, the man that it was all about, was in the house. He was standing there in the, by, in the porch under the colonnades. He was there. The healer, the actual healer had showed up. And he walked by. And so many times we mark our situation, the place, whatever your place is right now, whatever is going on, could it be that we need to be free from me? Is it possible that my greatest thing I need to be free from is me? Well, that was a revelation to me, was me. That's a hard one, isn't it, for us? When we look at ourselves and it's, you know, I need to be free from me because What I think sometimes is downright squirrely. What I think sometimes is not what the Word of God is saying about my situation. What is God saying about all the trouble that's going on? What has God been saying in this last year? God's been speaking really loudly. And he's been saying to his people, fear not for I am with you. I will be with you. He said, let my peace I give to you. And he's been telling us over and over that it's not what's going on around us. It's what's going on inside of us and coming from our mouth. What are we settling in our minds? What are we taking in? Could it be that I need to be free from me? Even though maybe your marriage needs to be healed. The real issue that we need is God created me. A clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. That's where miracles happen. The man, his thinking wasn't right. His thinking was wrong. I have nobody. I have no one to get me in the pool. Therefore, I can't be healed. Of course I want to. But no one can do this. And the master was saying to him, do you want to be whole? If you want to be whole, then you can be whole. The man didn't know exactly what that meant, but Jesus was there and he said, I want you to get to your feet. I want you to roll up your excuses and I want you to move out and I want you to go about your way. And he did, the word of God tells us that he did just that. And those around Knew that the man had been there many, many years. They didn't know exactly what had happened to him. People around you may not know exactly what happens to you. They may not know what changed you. But they know something is going on inside of you. See, we can lay out at the pool so long that we give up hope. Our pool of whatever it is. We just give up hope because the world's just bad. Things are bad. And we give up a hope. Oh, my goodness. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the Creator. He was in the beginning. He created the world. He created that which we live in. And he created us. And he came and walked among us. And then he was crucified. And then he was resurrected. And then he sent the Spirit of God to live in us. And now we have all the stories like we're talking that we're going to talk about all weekend. And we have the word of God. Jesus, the word of God is within us. And he's saying, can you speak my word? Can you trust me? And will you roll up your label, your blanket of excuses? And will you find out what I can do in your life? Sometimes we're just waiting for him to bring us a breakthrough. When he's waiting for us to realize that we want it more than we want anything else. I know one thing about women, at least most women. And this is a ladies conference, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the women a little bit. You get a determined woman. And women are mighty in prayer. They're mighty in service. Women around the world are finding out that God loves them, that he cares about them. He cares about their family situations. He cares about them as individuals, and he wants to come into their lives when they're laying by the pool of infirmity. They're laying with their junk and their stuff and the belief that they will never be able to accomplish anything in their life. And basically... Jesus comes along and he said, I want you to rise up. I want you to walk and I want you to totally go forth in the power of my might and my resurrection. And that's what he was telling him. And all around, we don't hear anything about the others, but there were others that were laying around. All the word of God says that there were many and they were laying around and there was all kinds of things that were going on in their life and God cared for them. He cared about the fact that they were all laying. But you can be in your situation, in your stuff, and you can look around, and you won't even see that there are other people in a really rough shape around you. All we will do is blame them because they didn't help us get in the pool. They wanted to get in before we did. And so instead of understanding that around us are hurting people, But as we begin to see what Jesus Christ has done for us, then we begin to see that the healer wants to heal us and make us whole. And he wants us to reach out and help others get into the pool that needs to be in the pool. And therefore, we will bring them into that place where God wants them to be. I believe that the greater the situation, the more complicated that it is. It's a greater miracle opportunity. And so many of you, you are such miracle opportunities. You're sitting in this house, day one of this conference. And I believe that the miracle worker is saying, can you trust me? Do you understand that I love you so much? Do you understand that I brought you by my spirit to this house? And I understand that you've been laying by the pool of, this, of stress That you've been blamed by the pool of uncertainty. You've been blamed by the pool. God, when is is it my turn? Been laying, God, when am I going to be healed? And I can't put a time frame on what God's doing. All I can do is I can tell you if you believe it. And you are determined. And women, we are determined that anything that God's got for us. And if we know what the word of God says about us, then we can be made whole. Because it's ours. Amen. We don't have to beg him for something that he has already said was ours. Amen. The man had reasons like we have reasons. No one. But in the presence of an unlimited God, wasn't that a small excuse? You imagine here is Jesus. And you're telling Jesus I had no one. I know. I understand. He didn't know it was Jesus. I understand that. But even when Jesus looked at him and said, do you want to be whole? Well, of course, I do. Why would you ask me such a question? I'm sure that that was in his thoughts, but Jesus wanted him to say that because faith has the ability to override the fears when we can speak over the fears, and we've got to learn to speak over the faults and the fears that we feel and what we see. Remember the, the story in John 5 there was a Samaritan woman, here was somebody that Jesus came upon again. And he asked her for a drink. Remember the story? And he comes by and he just happens to go to Samaria. Samaria. And you think, well, Jesus, why are you even going that way? But he was led that way by the Spirit. And Jesus said, she said can, he said, can I have a drink? And she's like, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. I can give you water. And I love Jesus, the hard, hard questions. Why are you so fearful? what, 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 do you think I can't do that? You know, I'm just asking you to give a little bit of time to me. I'm asking you to talk to me. Jesus is just saying, you know, I'm trying to draw you in. Just take a little time. Will you talk to me? Will you just, just convene? Will you pray a little bit? Will you praise a little bit? Will you worship a little bit? I just want you to come in, lean into where I'm at. And he was saying to her, just give me a drink. And she says, I don't even have a bucket. I don't have anything. I don't have, that's my translation. But I, I don't have anything to get any water with. I can't draw you a drink. And then he just makes the most profound uh, excuses. You know, we make excuses, excuses, and he makes the most profound statements to me. And he made it that day to her when we think we're not going to make it or we don't understand. And he just said, Don't worry. Oh, there it goes. That's really pretty. Thank you, Corey, for that. Really pretty necklace. That's my grandson bought that for me. But he told her, first of all, don't worry about what other people think. Because she had said, you are a Jew, I am a Samaritan. How many times do we camp out by the pool thinking about what other people are going to think about me? And when are we going to get to the place where we really care about what he thinks about? When are we going to get to the place when we understand that he purchased us? When are we going to get to the place where we understand that he offers us a drink to drink? And he came to the woman, and she, first of all, was making excuses of, you are this, and I am this. And so many times we get in the presence of God, and he wants to minister to us. And we begin to make excuses, God, I'm not worthy. I haven't spent any time with you all week. I've been grumbling and I've been complaining. And you know, I got such a mess at home when I go back. I still got to deal with this. God, I, I just, we make all these excuses. And he says to us, I want you to come. I want you to give me a drink. I can't do that. Well, then how can I do that? And then he says to her profoundly again, I love it. He tells her, you don't need a bucket. You don't need anything to get the drink because I am the drink. You don't need to get down into that well because I am the well. You don't need all the things that you think you need. Just let me give you the drink that you need. So our excuses of why we can't drink tonight, why we can't drink tomorrow and Sunday and every day as we go, they're all excuses. When Jesus, the water shows up and says to her and says to us today, will you give me just a little bit of time? Will you give me something here? No, you don't need to do that because I am what you're looking for. I'm the well. I am the living water. And if you will receive it, I will give it to you. It won't be about what you or anyone else can do or the bucket that you think you need. Whatever it is that you think you need to take a drink. He said it's not necessary anymore. And then she begins to talk to him. Isn't it funny how we talk? You talk back to God. I do. But he was saying what's in me will come in you. And what's in you will come out of you and overflow into somebody else. Now, that's a good deal, isn't it? And th- it's because it's a peace, it's a joy, and it will flow from the inside of you. And as it in flows into, from us, it's gonna flow, overflow into our neighbors, overflow into our children, it's gonna flow to our husbands, it's gonna flow to our job, it's gonna continue to flow. And she comes back. I love this lady she's just like us. She comes back and she's just like the man laying by the pool. She has her excuses, has her reasoning. Her reasoning is going on. If we can learn to reason with the word of God, women, we're going to get ahead quicker and we're going to go farther. But here she is, she's reasoning. And she said, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. Here's the controversy. And your Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. And she's like, I'm confused. Here I'm confused. You know, we're supposed to worship here and you worship there. And then Jesus just comes in and he said, you know what? Both are wrong. It's not a geographical location, lady. That's not what I'm telling you. He's saying, this is day one. Come on now. I want you to hear this. He's saying, I want you to know the hour is coming. And now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the Lord. The father is seeking such to worship him. And he just turns it around. And he's telling her, I am the drink of water. I'm what you've been looking for. Because your situation is miserable. And all you know is what religion tells you. Or what somebody else says you're not good enough. You don't have enough. Go back to the pool. Let's go back to the five porches. Let's go back to grace. Where the layman is telling Jesus why he can't get in the pool. You think Jesus didn't understand that? You think Jesus didn't know that the woman at the well didn't have a bucket? Did you think Jesus didn't know that she knew she wasn't supposed to give a drink or talk to a Jew? Jesus knew all those things. He wanted her to talk. He wanted her to realize something. That's why our mouth, the issues of life come out of our mouth. The power of the tongue, life, and death are in our mouth. Think what a mighty woman and man of God you will be. We will be when the Word of God, the Word that was with God and was the Word in the beginning and is still the Word today. When we say what He says about our situation, it has nothing to do about the pool we're laying around. It has nothing to do about our situation because we are at a place of grace. We are where the free water comes out if we'll receive it. Because Jesus said, I give it to you freely if you're willing to take it. Sometimes we think we got to do certain things to get the water where it needs to be. But that's why the water comes to us. Isn't that good? He's coming to you this weekend. He's coming. He says, I want to refresh you. I want to do in you what you're hungering for. I want to show myself strong in your life. Don't stay stuck where you're at. Don't stay by the pool that will keep you bound when all you see is your situation. This is day one. This is day of grace. Not one day I might be the woman or the man of God that he's called me to be. This is the day I'm telling you life is a journey. And it's hard sometimes. It's miserable sometimes. But I want to tell you something that's better than all that. It's a long journey, but I didn't take one step that God wasn't with me. I haven't journeyed one mile that he didn't care. I didn't journey, go through one situation where he didn't have water for me to drink. There was never a time, Brian, where he was not watching me at all time. And that any time I needed to drink from, from the well that was in me, the living water that's inside of me, when I would allow it to come forth, not only did it do something in my life, it is touching thousands of peoples of life. That's what God wants to do in all of us. He takes the brokenness of our lives, the situations of your life that you've been through. When you come to that place where you're willing to hand it to him. When you're willing to say, yes, I want to be whole. Yes, you can use what I've got. Yes, I will do what you've called me to do. I will do whatever it is, God, because I just want to be in your presence. I want to be whole. I don't want to stay by the pool and never get to get in it. I don't want to be at the well with no bucket and no way to get to water. And somebody's needing a drink. When I have the living water living in me. That is wanting to flow out of my innermost being. To undo the work of the enemy in people's lives. But as long as I sit by the pool in my distress, whatever my distress would be, as long as I sit there waiting for somebody else to make me better, it's not going to get any better. I can hear easily in some of my situations. At that time, maybe I didn't hear it. But I can now, and I understand it. Where, darling, you want to stay right here? Is this the life you want? Is this the way you want life to be? I was talking to Holly, and we were sharing, and and she knows so much of my story, and she's going through situations of her own life. And we were just talking today when I got picked her up from the airport, and we were talking back, and she was like. Asked me the question of, you know, when was that deciding moment of change? And I'm like, there was a lot of deciding moments of change in my life. So many of them. So many of them. When I knew that it was either day one or it was going to be one day. But the one thing that I know more than anything was when a doctor that didn't know Jesus Christ stood in my room and basically told me what a fool I was if I laid there and died and let someone else raise my children. Then all of a sudden, what did I see? I saw my children, I saw a nation. And many incidents from that time on, many, many things that happened over a course of life and in the last 20 years, 25 years, 30 37 years, Pastor and I have been pastoring this church together. Many, many times there's been that t- time where I had to make another decision over and over. Day one again. But I'm so glad that we can have another day one. But I will tell you that those commitments that I made on day one, they're still holding today. <laughs> See, you don't have to, you're never going to get anywhere if you're wishy-washy back and, back and forth. You may have to, you'll make another decision down the road. But the one that you made on day one, the first day one, will change your life forever if you stick with it. I believe God is going to do a work in some people. Because day one is where the excuses end. I don't have anyone. No one cares. They won't miss me if I'm not there. I could be gone and my family wouldn't even know I was gone. Jesus had a different view of what needs to happen in our life for change, a real change, a lasting change. And after all the excuses, someone else gets in before I do. Someone else is favored, and I don't know why, but they always get favored. You know, I don't ever get anything. God don't care about me. Or on and on and on. All the excuses, Jesus sees it much differently. And he looks at the man and he just simply says, get up. In other words, he's saying, get out of your situation. Get out of that thinking that you got. Because if you don't get out of your thinking, you'll never get on your feet with anything else. He's saying all around this pool are a whole bunch of people and their thinking is that they're going to be by this pool all the time. And God's looking for some people tonight that says, I'm not going to stay by the pool of affliction and down. I'm not going to be in COVID world the rest of my life. I'm not. It's real. I know it is, but COVID is kind of like cancer. I understood that I had cancer, but cancer didn't have me because I didn't, I would not let a label come on my life. I'd had too many of them. I'd carried the badges. I'm going to talk about them tomorrow. But I carried them so long they were so weighty. And do you know that nobody really else really cared that I had those on me? But I carried them around, our badge of misery. But when revelation that the water I am, the great I am, is passing by. The well. And you don't even have to have the bucket. Is here in this place. The one that not only will cause the angel to come out and stir the water. He is the water. He is the healer. And he says, I love to do the impossible things. Will the worship team come? See, day one, I want to tell you something. I want you to listen really well. Everybody Listen. Don't watch them. I want you to listen. This is important. Decisions start first. When the doctor left my room, I was still sick. I was still very sick. My children were still very scared. Things had not changed, but something in me had changed. A few years ago when the heart, when I had such a hard time with the heart situation. That was way down. I mean, there's so many things I could tell you in between. Tiffany tells me all the time, Mama, you haven't told all your story. No, I probably never will. I don't think I will. But I'll tell you just enough about the fact that the healer, the stirrer of the water, the water himself, the well, the drink. I remember when it was so hard to, to get up some days, and some days I just lay down. I remember going to, I don't know if Mary remembers this or not, but some of you that went, it was one of our first trips to uh, Mexico. And, you know, I don't know, God put in Daryl nice heart back in 89 to start going to countries around the world. We'd gone to Mexico and we were building a house and I wanted to go. So bad. Of course, heat when you have heart problems is not good. And I wanted to go. And I, I don't know, Mary, do you remember if you will remember this or not? But I really was a mess on that trip. I'd go lay down in the van. I'm not telling you to do, it. I'm just telling you what how God speaks to me and what God does in, in my life but i remember laying in that van in mexico building a house and i was like god i know i'm here for a purpose and i'm going to do everything i can to help build my house build this house spent some time in the van and went back and it was a hard trip But I did it. And many, many times we'd go overseas. And my heart was acting up those first few years. But it was amazing how when the anointing of God would come in. It was amazing the strength that God. I'm telling you. If we can get out of our head. If we can get out of what we feel. Been in situations where it seemed like everybody was against us. That we would no longer be pastors because we didn't deserve it. And God always say, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to tuck tail and run? Are you going to be what I called you to be? Are you going to stand strong knowing that the water is inside? Are you going to stand strong knowing that you're at the colonnade? You're at the place of grace. God's grace for that man is the same grace that he offers to us in every situation of our life. You never go too far. Your life is not so miserable that it can't be fixed. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Day one, what do we do with day one? What do we do? What does day one mean? Well, I'm gonna tell you what day one means to me. I am an eternal optimist. I really am. You ask my husband, and he's gonna tell you I am. I drive him nuts. I come over on this side. I was so fearful that I could tell you the saddest story if you could have got me to talk because I felt sad. I felt depressed. But yet there was something inside of me that just could not give up. And there was that day when showing up paid off. I was laying by the pool in a bed in Salem, Missouri. Had no way to get up on my own, seemingly. But boy, God knows how to come and just speak a simple word and say, do you want to be made whole? Now go ahead and die if you don't have enough of me inside of you. But I've been, you know... All of a sudden, the God that I had known from a little girl, the God that I had seen miracles, rose up inside of me. And there's no way. Uh Uh-uh, devil. Uh Uh-uh, not this time. Not this time, devil. You should have took care of me way back when. Because no more, no way, no how. Because I shall live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. So therefore, when I had problems with my heart, it was easy to say all is well. It was easy when I read the Word of God. And I would quote those scriptures. I got so I could quote them really well because I read them all the time. And I began to quote them. And they came out of my mouth, and as they come out of my mouth, my faith began to rise. And the more that I said, I will live and I will not die, I will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. See, it wasn't just my flesh that was sick. My mind, my soulish realm need to be whole. The man that was by the pool, it wasn't just his physical body that needed to change. The woman that was at the well, it wasn't just a fact that her life was all messed up. It wasn't just the fact that she was in a situation that only the master could really care about and understand. And that same Jesus is in this house tonight. He loves you so much. He doesn't love me any more than he does you. In myself, there is no greatness. There is no nothing. All I can do is keep humbly before him and say, Jesus, use me. I say yes. I say yes to you. And he's asking us to say yes to the water tonight. Say yes to the fact that he is the healer of our life. He is the one that changes. He is the water. Anybody in the house ready to take a drink? Anybody in the house ready for day one? Anybody in the house believe that God wants to do something in your life that you would like to fix, but you can't fix? Anybody in the house got anything in your life that you cannot fix? Any truth? Any people in here? I could have both hands up. There are things in my life I cannot fix. There's people in my life that if I could fix them, I already would have. There are situations and and things that I want to do, but I can't do it. But I know someone who can. Am I worried about my granddaughter? No, I gave that one up because I couldn't pray in faith. I am so confident that Amy is going to be made whole. I am so confident that God has a destiny for her. And somebody says, what if she died? I'm like, what if she lives? Tammy, it looked like she was going to die. And, and I mean, if she, you know, she listened to all the negative. But all the time, Jesus was saying, I am the water. I am the healer. I am the life. If you are in this house tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you come to this conference, this ladies conference. And you haven't been serving God like you know you should, or maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're a woman or a man here, and you know that God's got something for you, but you've been so discouraged. Or maybe you just didn't downright been ugly. Anybody in here have a, anybody in here ever be ugly? Have you ever been so ugly before that you, you're embarrassed by yourself? Have you ever had God to come on the scene and Jesus said to you, You need to make some things right. Isn't that tough when when he wants you to go make something right and they did something to you? Or at least you tried to make the excuses that that's what it's all about. Do you know you can hold your destiny up and you can be 10 years down the road looking just like you do today laying by the pool? But I promise you that when we say this is day one or when all of a sudden we're like, (laughs) uh-uh <laughs> devil, you're not getting my kids. Uh-uh. I will live. I will not die. And that means I'm going to live life to the full. Jesus came to give us life to the full. And if I live every day depressed, discouraged, and feel like I have no hope, I am not living life to the full. But when resurrection life is inside of us and we realize it, And we begin to drink from it. We believe truly that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We begin to believe that his word is true. We begin to believe that like Rachel, I used to weep over my children because their lives were not what they should be. But just like Rachel was instructed, quit weeping over your children. They will return to their borders. So instead of praying and crying, I begin to thank God they're returning to their borders. And you know what? That's exactly what they've been doing. There's such power inside of us. Day one. What are you going to do with your mess with your stuff? I know it's miserable. I know it hurts. And I know it's no fun. But tonight we're making decisions. Tonight. We're going to drink from the well. If you're here in this building tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As they begin to to minister in song. Would you just come forward? Would you just say, I want to know Jesus in my life. If you haven't been serving him like you know that you should. And you really mean you want this debate be day one, and you're just sick and tired of the way things are. You're actually sick and tired of what you're allowing your mind to process, that this is day one. Jesus is passing by. He's come by, and he said, do you want to be made whole? And had that man said, I do not. No, you can't help me. Get out of here. We wouldn't have the story that we'd have. But when he saw Jesus, he knew there was something different. And that question was so powerful. Tonight, he's saying, do you want your mindset changed? That's really what it's all about is our mindset. Because when our soul prospers, other things prosper in our life. Doesn't mean that you're going to leave here different. In situations, I still had no place to live. I still had nowhere to go. I didn't know what my children and I were going to do. But something happened that day that says, "Mm -mm, I pray that something is happening inside of you. And you say, uh uh, no, uh uh. No, the the master has come by. The master has asked me if I want to drink. The master is saying, Can I give you something to drink? I don't have a bucket. I'm not good enough. I've made so many mistakes. He's saying, I am. Here I am. As they sing, and you would like us to just minister to you, will you come? Would you come on up, and we will pray with you and pray for you. In just a little bit, we're going to go back. In just a little bit, we're going to have dessert and fellowship, and we're so... You know, we come, we don't have a time on this thing. You're only here a few hours. So we're going to have fun together. Amen. We're going to eat in a few minutes. But until then, if there's something that God wants to do in you, in your heart, in your life, don't let this moment pass you by. I I challenge you, woman of God, walk to this front and let's let God do a work. If you don't come, it's okay. Make this day one in your life that no more, no way, devil. We're going to talk about that. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at solidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at WAWMinistries.org Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.